Hello, this is Orlando Mayor Buddy Dyer. Welcome home. So we're into tower. We are ready for takeoff. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Hey, it's Amy from DVC Clubhouse. Hey, Clubbers, it's Scott from DVC Clubhouse. Hey, it's Kathleen from DVC Clubhouse. Welcome aboard, it's Phil from DVC Clubhouse. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Debrief Podcast brought to you by DVC Clubhouse. This is Amy, joined with me, as always, by Kathleen, Scott, and Phil. Hey, everybody. Hi, guys. Howdy, y'all. Let me see if I do this right for Scott. Welcome aboard, Clubbers. Perfect. <laughs> oh, so we are back again this week to discuss another topic. And I know Phil is super excited to talk about this topic. In my defense, I was the one who suggested that we do this. And I'm pretty sure that you suggested it just so that you could berate me a little bit more. <laughs> I don't need an excuse for that. <laughs> I think that this might be the number one topic, though, that you have made fun of me for. Oh, at least that's not entirely true. I think the white doily spirit jersey that oh. you wrecked on your last vacation, I think, is still in the lead. Yes, I think you're right. But in the last 30 days, it's definitely been Fort Wilderness. Yes, I have not made fun of your Afghan spirit jersey. Yeah, spirit jersey in the last 30 days. Well, there's still time. Should I go change? I'm gonna. I don't know why. I don't, why have I never thought to put that thing on when we're recording these podcasts? Uh, did I ever tell you the story about when we were distance learning and my daughter was going on a submarine field trip and she changed in front of the class on Zoom? <laughs> so, I think you did mention that. Yeah. Oh, what a disaster! Yeah, I mean that's the problem when you've got a mom and dad trying to run a family business and two kids on zoom at school and nobody's paying attention. And she decided they were going on a virtual field trip on a submarine. And I'm on one phone dealing with an employee and my wife's on another phone dealing with a customer. And she turns around and my daughter is halfway through changing because in preschool, when you go on a field trip on a submarine, you clearly need to be wearing a bathing suit. So she was going to change into her bathing suit and God bless the preschool wow. teacher. She said she saw it and she was doing her best not to break into hysterical laughter or point it out because nobody else was looking. So my wife rushed over, snatched her from in front of the iPad and off camera, and then it, it was a disaster. <laughs> don't worry. You don't need to worry about me uh, changing into my spirit jersey on camera. Good to know. <laughs> this is a family-friendly show, guys. Most of the time. And for when those times it's not, I have the McKenzie soundbite. Yeah, I was going to say, at least it's family-friendly by the time everyone listens to it. It might not start that way, but Phil needs to work a little bit of magic on it to make it suitable for all ears. So anyway, we're going to talk about the cabins at Fort Wilderness for this conversation. Mm -hmm. 
because obviously in the world of Disney Vacation Club, it's a pretty relevant topic right now because it's the newest Disney Vacation Club resort to be offered for sale. It went on sale, what, on February 1st was the on sale date? And they just opened up for anybody who purchased a contract was just this past week able to start booking their reservations using that that contract. So back when DVC announced that they were going to be converting the existing cabins at Fort Wilderness to DVC to a DVC resort and replacing all of the cabins, I decided that I was going to book a cash stay at the current cabin. It's too cheap to pay for a hotel room, huh? I'm pretty intrigued by the whole notion of the cabins at Fort Wilderness, mostly because last Christmas when I went over into that holiday carriage ride, I just fell in love with it at the holiday time. And it really wasn't a place that I had spent much time before. I might have just taken a boat ride over and a boat ride back, you know, for hoop de doo but really didn't spend a lot of time kind of lingering in the area. And when I did for that trip, I really loved it. So I thought I was very intrigued by the idea and I wanted to stay there before I make any rash decisions <laughs> with my contract. So quick question. You booked this as a cash stay. It's directly through Disney. Correct. I, bush, right. I, I booked it as a cash stay directly through Disney pretty much like right when they announced that they were when DVC made the announcement. So when you go in to book a cash stay, you actually have to select what level of resort you're staying at of the three. Which of the three drop downs did you select to get to the cabins? So I actually just typed the name into the search window. So I. <laughs> so, so if you had to select it through the three, which, which well, of the three would you have to select? It is not a Disney Vacation Club right now. It couldn't qualify as a deluxe villa accommodation it is you can do it say the words <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm dancing around this so much it is currently categorized as a moderate resort thank you you're welcome i know that there is so much satisfaction i can see it in that that smug smirk right now i'm just making sure that we are factually accurate in our reporting that is all of course um, so yeah, so I so I booked a cash day at the cabins, and I immediately reached out to Kathleen and said, "Put this in your calendar, save the date. I'm staying at a cabin. You guys need to come, and we'll we'll do a cookout." And then I mentioned it to Jacqueline and um, Curtis from the group, and they they also live locally near Disney, and told them that they could come and we could have a cookout and, and spend the night there. So that was a plan that was we made months and months ago. And that date finally came two weeks ago. And we uh, we had our our night at the cabin. Now, what the weather did not cooperate. So we, we weren't actually able to have our cookout. But we grabbed some food at Crockett's and then we took the some of us at least took the golf cart back to the cabin. The other half took the the bus and in, in the internal loop. And they only arrived a few minutes after us. 
And so we went back to the cabin and we we played card, cards against humanity for a couple hours and laughed How long harder of a than golf I had cart in a ride time. was it from your cabin to the amenities? It was about minutes. five and a half. Well, it's about five and a half minutes to the settlement trading post, which is the the area where Hoopty Doo is. But what I learned, what I did not know before I stayed there, is there's the whole the meadow trading post, which is where like the feature pool is that has the water slide. Oh come on, Clark! It seems like a nice place. It's got a pool and everything. And another full sized merchandise shop with. You know, a little market where you can buy your typical frozen food, but they also sell all of the things that you would want for camping and grilling because it is a campground and, you know, RV campground. And how long of a golf cart ride is it to that? That was probably about like two and a half, three minutes. So like three minutes to one and five minutes to the other. How fast does the golf cart go? Very, very uh, slow. I'm sure we could run faster. Okay. So, so roughly a two to three minute run to get to the pool. So no worse than old Key West, I'll give you that. And about a five minute ride to a quick service. Okay, got it. Thanks. Yeah. So and and also just to note at the meadow at the meadow trading post where the maid pool is, there is a snack bar there too that has more than just snacks. Like they 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 had a couple of quick serve options like you would at any pool bar at Disney. And it had a full bar and you could get cocktails. So really that meadow trading post, that's also where they do all of the resort activities. I previously thought that all of the resort activities took place at the settlement trading post, but all of the the campfire, the movies, that all takes place at the meadow trading post. So yeah, so that's a really, really quick golf cart ride away. I mean, just a few turns, a few minutes and you're there. Did you have like a guy in a Boy Scout cap ask for your name and address in case they like to send a mailer? Because I I think I've seen this in a movie before. You want my street? Please. What do you need my address for? We like to send out a mailer. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So anyway. This one's yours, Edna. Edna, this is your tent. This is going to be fun. <laughs> you know, I guess I'll start with when I, you know, when I first checked in, you know, I took a, a, a my lift from the airport and there's when you first arrive and you go through the main gate, you are, I mean, I could have gone directly to my cabin because it was ready and on my Disney experience, but I needed to pick up my golf cart. And so you do that at the reception outpost. So I went in and... I checked in in person and then walked through on the other side of that building from where you enter to to check in. That is where the golf carts are. And just a quick note, I took a video tour of this of this resort and of my stay, which is going to be going up on the YouTube channel. And I think it will probably be up by the time this podcast airs. So if you are listening to this and you haven't watched that video, everything that I'm talking about right now, I I captured on on the tour. So you can take a look at that if you're more of a visual learner than you are an audio learner. Anyway, to get back to the golf cart, you pick up your golf cart right at that reception outpost. So checked in 
got on the golf cart, threw my luggage onto the back of it, and away I went to my cabin. And that was a a two-minute ride from the reception outpost to my cabin. I have a legitimate question just because I'm actually following along on the map. So it looks like you come in the entrance, which is what we see from the street side with the big giant overheads. And then that reception outpost looks like the first building you come to when you come in the main entrance. Is that correct? Yes. So when you come in to the main entrance, that main road, that reception outpost is like kind of to your left and in front of you is the stables. And so you, you come through the main gate, you kind of wind down like that road and then you make it a left at basically what the stables are. So like the first thing that you actually kind of really see and are facing are the stables and the bus stop. And then you make a left and then another left. And then the reception outpost is on your right. And where are the cabins? If I'm looking at the map, I'm just trying to get a feel for how this is set up. So the cabins are the 2000 loop. Okay. So and anything that's, that's in the 2000s, those are where they are converting all of those cabins to um, DVC. So that's that's the only place where there are cabins are, are in the 2000, all of the other loops. So essentially, the layout of the resort is that there are all of these loops off of the main road. And the loop of cabins is the first loop that you encounter off of the main road on your left-hand side. If you continued that road, there are all different loops that you encounter that are um, mostly RV camping loops. There are some that are tent camping. Okay. I've done all those loops. I've always said that one of the reasons, one of the very few reasons we dislike Wilderness Lodge is sometimes you have to share the Epcot bus with Fort Wilderness. And when you get inside those loops on the bus, it can seem endless when they're piling people on after you've gotten on the bus at Wilderness Lodge. I'm just trying to visualize it here, what I recollect versus your story. So sorry to interrupt. I was just trying to get a sense of what was where. No, it's fine. And, you know, the thing that's really nice about having the golf cart is especially because the cabin loops are so close to that main bus stop, you just hop on your golf cart, you drive, you know, two minutes to the bus stop and you park your golf cart and then get on a bus and then you don't need to do the the loop. You just hop on and off you go. So in terms of needing to do an internal loop, yes, you would need to do that You and you would need to transfer buses um, to do that if you were somebody who was not renting a golf cart or did not want to walk. But even if you did walk, it's probably about a 10-minute walk to the cabins. So still shorter than the Pumba section of Kidani Village from the main lobby. <laughs> Or anything at Old Key West, for that matter. Well, I don't know anything, but 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 many things. So yeah, you can park your golf cart there and just hop on the bus and be on your way, which is, and it's fun. Like the, that's the thing about the golf carts, and I mean, Kathleen and Scott can speak to that. I mean, they came and, you know, they met at. I picked them up from the main parking lot, and we. And I we drove over to the cabin and I showed them around the cabin, but then we hopped on to the golf cart and Scott drove. There's a video of that on Facebook because we went live while we were doing that. But it was fun, right, Scott? That was uh, 
probably my favorite part. I, I said if Old Key West had golf carts, I might actually consider buying points there. But that was the first thing I wanted to do was was drive the golf cart. I thought that was hilarious. My kids have said the same thing. They love going for the golf cart rides at Old Key West. They love the the transfer of the bags when we get there because they get to ride in a golf cart. I might consider Old Key West again if you could have your own personal golf cart on that property. It would actually make that property a lot more lively. Well, we did a YouTube video, uh, an episode about Old Key West, probably in early 2023. And that was something that I had said. And this now that's and they this was before they made the announcement about DVC coming to Fort Wilderness. But I I said in that episode that I want more than anything for them to have some sort of either golf cart or like scooter transportation available at Old Key West and that that would be like a game changer for me. I think that's why I also got really excited when they made the announcement about the cabins of Fort Wilderness, because I know about like the golf cart culture over there. And that made me very excited because the thing about the golf carts, too, is like not only fun to ride, but it's also like kind of a fun thing that they have going on over there where everyone decorates them because all of the golf carts look the same. So it's a way to to spot yours easily in the golf cart parking lots and it's just fun it gives it you know a little extra fun part of your vacation and i'm sure kids would get a huge kick out of it and i you know so i i rented a golf cart that seats four but there are golf carts and i i will say i am not sure if the people who were driving the golf carts that fit six if they rented them from disney or if they rented them from an outside golf cart rental company because when I picked mine up, I think I only saw four seaters, but you can rent just like you could rent a scooter or, or a stroller from a company in Orlando. There are golf cart rental companies in Orlando that will deliver a golf cart to Fort Wilderness for you that is actually cheaper than renting from Disney. And there are a lot of people who bring their own golf carts, yeah. you know, for so for the people that that are like the current users of Fort Wilderness who stay at cabins, like these people come and they all like they live there for, I saw people packing up and the amount of stuff that they had in their vehicles was these people were going there and they were living there. They weren't just sleeping there to go to the parks. They were there to take advantage of having the kitchens, to take advantage of the grounds and, the thing that I, I will say is what I didn't really, and, and this might sound like a naive or stupid statement, but what I never really thought about was the fact that this is like, was built as an actual campground. So if, if you are a person who's ever been to any like RV campground across the country, you know what those places are like, you know what the amenities are. They all have pool, you know, at least the ones that I've been to, they have pools, they have campfires they have basketball courts like they have things for people to do beyond just parking your rv and like hanging out in the woods aren't the woods beautiful these are campgrounds that are meant to provide recreation activities and that's really what fort wilderness is is like it really is a campground in terms of what it's offering and and how it's laid out and built and so the people that go there are people who many of them have their own golf carts I think we were just talking about this actually as a local, if we were to buy points 
I would definitely buy my own golf cart and just take it there all the time. I think uh, I'm, I was just looking at like Lowe's and different places for like six or 7,000 bucks. You can just buy your own golf cart. And I just think that would be kind of cool to just to tow it every time there and have our own golf cart and decorate it the way we would want to decorate it. And that's something different. I don't know that it's enough to make me want to buy there, but I really liked having that golf cart. Mm-hmm. You could buy me my own RV. It wouldn't be enough to make me want to buy there. Amy, just out of curiosity, do you mind sharing what the cost on the golf cart was to rent? Cause I'm sure people are going to be curious. Yeah. So it depends on the time of year. It, it, like, so there's like a seasonality in terms of pricing. There was a 10% DVC discount. And I think that with tax and everything, it came to be around like 60, 65. I think it was 55 plus tax for one night. And I can't remember. I thought that there might have been like a frequency discount. Like if like the longer you stay, the cheaper it gets. I think there is. So like if you rent for a full week, it's not as much as if you rented for seven separate nights. But the company that I saw in Orlando, you couldn't rent it for a week for $300. That's not as bad as I thought. I mean, that's not much more than a scooter. And also, I think if you are a somebody who is intending to stay at the cabins because you want to kind of stay there and you want to cook out, I would imagine that the cost savings of eating at your cabin versus dining out like would cover the cost of renting a golf cart yeah but i I mean you could say that about any dvc property we i've always said that one of the things that irritates me the most and i will spend some stupid money on some stupid things and you know me i will spend a lot of money on a good meal i hate buying breakfast at disney i think it's the biggest ripoff in the world we eat breakfast inside our one bedroom or wherever we're staying And I think that makes a huge difference. So I think DVC members in general are used to doing that. We tend to take advantage of that. I do think that the one difference that the cabins offer is that you can grill right at your cabin, which would might increase the frequency with which you would eat at your unit. Because it's just nicer than just sitting in your villa and, you know, cooking on an electric top range. Because your grill is right there and you've got a picnic table outside. So it, it, it is, you're right. I do think that DVC members generally probably save money anyway if they decide to skip breakfast or like maybe have one or two meals like dinners in the resort. I do think that there's something more charming. It feels a little bit more like vacation when you are cooking out and sitting at a picnic table outside than just boiling up some pasta or making a frozen pizza in an oven at a, in a two bedroom villa, you know? So I do think there's like a little bit of a difference, but, but you're right. I do think DVC members, generally speaking, probably do like some, not me, not me right now, (laughs) but some save money because they cook in the, in the room. Not us either. No. (laughs) I mean, we'll do, Breakfast, just again, it pains me to give them $17 for one Mickey waffle and some reconstituted scrambled eggs that really aren't that good. 
we can easily just give the kids some stuff in the morning. The other thing to us as far as feeding them breakfast in the morning is it takes a little while for everybody to get ready. So if we feed them in the room in the morning as we're getting ready or as they get up, it just gives us more time to actually enjoy that first couple of hours in the park where we're not having to take that time aside and go stand in line for food or get food somewhere. And some of the parks, well, Heck, most of the parks don't have a lot of offerings for breakfast, so you're very limited. I think Magic Kingdom up until recently was a bear to find anything for breakfast. It's only in the last few years that became a little more widespread. You know, I I will say we went over to Trails End at breakfast time, and they have a lot of good offerings over there. And I didn't think the prices were that bad. Do you think so? No, I'm, so, I mean, I know it's not what it used to be no, but before. There's but. a lot to pick from. And just to, if you're staying at the cabins, just to get in that golf cart and just drive over there for coffee and a lot to pick from. I mean, I don't think it was bad at all. They had your usual things. I mean, you could get sausage gravy and biscuits. They had a bacon, egg and cheese croissant, sausage, egg and cheese croissant. And then the one thing that I saw that was kind of different was they had the, it's like a fried chicken biscuit. And I thought that was really good. And they had like a bounty platter that came with French toast sticks, eggs, biscuit, uh, tater tots. I just think, I don't know. I just think they have a lot to choose from. It was good. It was very reasonable, but I thought it was really good. Something else that has come up as a kind of like a talking point for DVC members is the fact that the cabins don't have laundry facilities in them. But I will say that each loop throughout Fort Wilderness has what they call a comfort station. And every comfort station has a kind of like a laundry room. And the laundry room that is right next, that is located within the 2000 loop, which is located at what is another point to make is another pool, but I'll talk about that in a minute. And that had, I think it was nine washing machines and 12 dryers. So it was like a proper sized like laundry room and because you do have the golf cart if for any chance like if for any reason all of those were being used and you needed to do laundry you could drive to any of the other comfort stations at Fort Wilderness and there are several of them and use those laundry facilities so So in addition to a laundromat what else do those comfort stations have they well, I think they're comfort station. I think they're called comfort stations because like well, they have bathrooms, and I think that they're called the community bathrooms. Okay, for, that's just what I was yeah, checking because on. Okay, for most of them, they are located within like the like the RV, like actual camping. So it's they're comfort stations for people who might want to use an actual real facility versus their RV, or like if you're in a tent and you don't have a toilet. But the one in the two thousand loop is where that comfort station is also where the other pool is located. And that's called the Wilderness Pool, which I imagine is what will become to known to be known as the DVC pool. And it's just, you know, it's like a standard quiet pool. And it's it's located, I think it's in between the 2,500 and 2,600 loops, like around that area. We were at the DVC lounge up in Epcot a couple of days ago. And like one of the cast members up there, they were telling us that they are redoing all the laundry facilities for the new cabins. I don't remember exactly what he said. Do you remember how many he said there was? No, he had, he gave us a lot of information, yeah. but I don't remember. He what. said every new 
they're going to be all brand new laundry facilities, a little bit bigger than what they currently are now. I'm counting 13 comfort stations on the map, I think. And the comfort stations have phones, the laundry facilities, and the communal restrooms. Yeah, and he said that from what he was told, that it will take almost a full year to get all the cabins in there. They're going to do them by stages. 350 total. Mm-hmm. You know, it was wild because I was driving around th- that 2000 loop looking to see where they might be starting. And other than that, what I'm presuming is like this, the construction staging area right at the front of that loop that's located on the main road. I saw no sign of anything. Like, I don't know where they're starting. He So he had said that they're actually building them off property and they were bringing them in by the truckloads. Well, I, I knew that they were prefab. But because they're opening on July 1st, I mean, I, I guess I just I'm completely uninformed about how long it takes to like plop one of those on and get it up and running. But it feels like they should be putting some of them in starting pretty soon. I mean, you would think it's it's almost March. He said that it would be pretty quick. He said once they do it, it's like an Ikea. Oh, he did reference Ikea. Yeah, he's like, he's yeah. like it's just it's really quick once they start it going to go pretty fast people have been putting up mobile home parks all over the country for decades and decades we certainly know how to very quickly assemble single wide trailers and place them in a mobile home park but he did say amy i know you had talked about before with it being a mobile um home i guess he did say that their workaround for that so that it could be a deeded property was they're actually going to be fixed like on the ground he i forget what he said they were using um, but they would actually be fixed to the ground and they would not be able to be moved. Because we had asked about that too. And he said when they redo them and they bring them back, they're going to be fixed to the ground so they can actually be a deeded property. Interesting. So uh, just to talk about the cabin itself, my assumption is that the size of the cabin is going to be pretty much exactly the same, like at least the footprint. Yeah. But I believe that the based on what the artists renderings are of what the DVC cabins are going to look like I think that they made some really good choices in terms of changing the configuration and like the layout of the cabins all are very nice tents and that price includes scenery and wildlife fun when you currently walk into the cabins like you're walking in and directly across from you is kind of like a wall and then the kitchen but Buried in this wall is, you know, I presume it's where they probably have like their, you know, the water tank and and all of like the utilities for the for the cabin. And the bathroom is located to the left, right, right outside of the bedroom. And I know that some other feedback online has been that people don't love that the bathroom is is on the opposite side of the cabin from the bedroom because you need to like walk all the way across the cabin and if you have people sleeping on the pullout, you know, Murphy beds, that you would need to be walking past those people in the middle of the night while they were sleeping if you needed to go to the bathroom. It does, however, open up the living space in that cabin so that you don't have to have like a utility closet located right in the middle of the cabin, which kind of in some ways like it, you know, it was like a little bit nice because it differentiated the living space from like where the the bedroom is but i think it just took up a lot of it kind of 
broke the cabin up into two very distinct sides whereas the the new design looks like because they decided to put those the bathroom all the way to the side they're probably going to have that utilities down there as well you have a big open concept living area and kitchen area right outside of the the bedroom how many did we have in there that night we had three four we had six people in there right Shelly was there yes yep and I didn't feel cramped at all no not at all I mean the six of us fit around that table comfortably and there would have been space for more people Mm -hmm. you know they also something that they did is they changed the layout of the primary well not just the primary bedroom but the only bedroom so that the orientation of the beds is different currently when you walk in like you're walking in and the foot of the bed is like right in, in front of you and the the head of the bed is up against the wall in front of you but they've changed it so that the the bed is on that opposite wall like when you on on the right when you walk in but in like the far corner and the bunk beds are now going to be like when you walk in right to the right, which is where they had the closets. And I think that that was also a really good choice as well. And if you look at any of the videos, like they just released videos of some of the details of the cabin. I mean, it looks really cute and really well done. I mean, they they brought in some really cute Disney touches. So overall, and and in the current cabins, there are beams across the ceilings, which and it was actually Shelly who pointed it out that they wouldn't be able to have those and have the uh, Murphy bed. There just wouldn't be enough clearance. So it looks like they either the ceilings are higher or the, however the construction is, they did not need the beams across so that there is space to have that, you know, pull out Murphy bed. So overall, I think that the layout of those are, are just going to be more open. And I think that there's more windows. So it's going to be a little bit brighter because that's one thing. It's like the current cabins can be a little bit dark because you've only got a couple, like a like a small window here, a small window there. And it looks like the entire kind of entry area to the cabin is going to be glass. At least that's what I kind of picked up from that, from the concept art. So more natural light will be getting in so that it will feel brighter in those cabins. And I, I you know, I'll, I'll address it right away. You know, a lot of people said, well, like, I don't want to sleep in the same room as my kids. And that is a statement made by people who currently get a one or two bedroom all the time when they go. But for people like me who I'm using my points, I want to get as much out of them as possible. I'm staying in a studio every time. And that still like, you know, for 15 points in September, you can stay in a cabin and sleep six people and have a kitchen and a grill right outside. You know, it's like for the value of the points, like you're you're getting it's not like they're charging two bedroom villa point levels for this cabin. They're charging you a studio. Well, you're not getting two bedrooms, be fair about it. And I think you're getting a good value for the room you're sleeping in, but, but I mean, if it's you were been highlighted to a one by bedroom. Other... Right, but I could get a one bedroom at Old Key West for not very many more points. And as much as I don't like Old Key West, I get a true sit down. I get quick service. I get a reasonable bar. I get pools all over the property and I get a much nicer fit and finish and feel of a bigger room. Well, are you saying that Crockett's Tavern is not a reasonable bar? Because it's actually bigger and better than 
gurgling suitcase, I think. I mean, you well, know, it doesn't I love have Lorna. We, we can go with that. Right. But I mean, yeah, what's well. your sit down meal? <laughs> Crockett's Tavern is technically a sit down. Well, it, it's it's a quick service where they bring you food. I mean, it's ABC commissary type sit down. Yeah, I mean, you have a no, waitress. It's, it's like a lounge. It's a lounge. It's like a proper lounge where there's a lounge menu and they you have a waitress and they take your order at your table and they bring it to you. So it's it's I'd say it's much more in line with like a I don't know kind of like a territory lounge type setup. Right, but what else does Wilderness Lodge have aside from territory lounge? Artist Point. Oh, has Geyser Point. Geyser Point. What else? They have what's their Whispering Canyon. Whispering Canyon. That's exactly my point. I. Again, I just want to compare apples to apples. It's a lower point cost, but you're just paying the lower points to sleep more people. You are lacking a lot of the amenities that happen at other resorts. So, But not as many. See, I just feel like it's not as many as you think because you have Trails End, you have Crockett's Tavern, you have Hoop Dee Doo, you have two pools. You have Hoop Dee Doo, which is an immensely expensive dining experience. I like Hoop Dee Doo as much well, as the so next guy, but it's point. not this. But it's not. Okay. But you've also got Whispering Canyon. I mean, I'm just saying compare apples to apples. That's all. Well, I but I'm just looking at the size of the unit. You know, the unit size is really the comparison. And it's I'm saying for the for 15 points. You can sleep six and get a kitchen versus 15 points at whatever resort you can get a studio at for 15 points and sleep for maybe five. What's the square and, footage? And only have a kitchenette. Does anybody know that? Of the cabin? Yeah, like a cabin compared to, I don't know, a studio. Uh, I'm going to try and look it up now. Because Old Key West, do they have the biggest studios? I believe so. No, they don't. I think everything else is it's biggest. It's Polynesian, Old I Key think, West maybe. Has, yeah, Pol- I believe Polly has the biggest studios, uh, and Old Key West studios are weird. So just for comparison, for a standard view at Boardwalk... It's 19 points for a one-bedroom. So a Fort Wilderness cabin is 504 square feet. I mean, that's by far, that's bigger than any of the studios. Right. I know and and it's sleep six. So, I mean, I think that, you know, we're really, the reason why I even, uh, like, why two bed- bedrooms even enter the chat here is because if you are a family of six, you need a, two bedroom or two studios. So a cabin at Fort Wilderness gives you the opportunity to stay in one unit with your family for the same amount of points as you could stay in a, a studio at other resorts, which I just think is, you know, an, an attractive option. If you are somebody who, you know, can't afford to have 350 points or somebody who wants to maximize the points that you already have. I mean, it's it's certainly by no means I would, I you know, I would never, ever say that this is a resort that I would compare to um, a monorail loop. Like, I'm not comparing it in terms of the location or the amenities. I'm talking strictly about the unit and the, the points for the unit. And then also that for that, it's not like you're getting nothing. You are still getting two pools. You're still getting 
some unique dining because you have Hoop-de-Doo. Then you have a quick service restaurant. You have Crockett's Tavern, which they, you know, did a good job of expanding that menu to to make it feel like a little bit more of like a sit-down place where you can go. And it's a good size. You know, we had a lot of fun there that night because the, the six of us also, we ate dinner there before we went. Because it, it, so it turns out that our cookout had to be canceled because it rained. So rather than cooking out of the cabin, we all had dinner at Crockett's Tavern. And then we went back to the cabin to play, to play cards. You know, you could get two cabins too. I was just looking at the points and I mean, for 15 points for a cabin, if you had that many people staying with you, you could divvy it up and you're going to spend 30 points and have the ability to sleep 12 people. I mean, that's yeah. an option. I don't know how, ma- how many points a two-bedroom would cost you, but in comparison to a two-bedroom in September, you could get two cabins at Fort Wilderness for 30 points and have the ability to sleep 12 people. September two-bedroom at Boardwalk Standard View is 29 points, and Boardwalk Pool is 35 points. Now, with that being said, it does only sleep nine it's an option. I mean, if you got a side by side, if if you had two cabins side by side, I'm sure people could get creative and divvy that up. What I feel like is this really introduces a new type of vacation for DVC members. And especially, I feel like the reason why it's so appealing for me is because I go there so frequently and I like all of my trips to look different. This is a trip that feels much more like a, a vacation versus you know, a vacation where I'm going with the intention of just like relaxing, getting together with friends or family versus a rope drop the parks every single day, close the park down every single night. I loved just the entire atmosphere of of that resort and being at that resort was so relaxing. There was just something about it. And And, you know, it's funny because you go to these resorts and everyone talks about how good the lobby smell and how good the resorts smell. And those are like artificial smells that are being pumped into those resorts. The entire resort at Fort Wilderness, because you're outside, like literally in the woods, just smells good. Like horse crap. Ooh, Clark, this tent smells. Yeah, I was just going to say, all right, I'm struggling right now to be nice. I make no secret of the fact that I despise this resort. I have been in that bus loop in late May picking up a thousand people. And the one thing that drives me away from staying at Wilderness Lodge is that bus loop in late May going through the loops and the smells that are on that bus by the time they pack it full of people. So you can have that smell and I will take Polly and Boardwalk and Beach Club all day long. That it does is, really smell that like that. That is not the smell. That is not the smell I'm talking about. It smells like horse right by the bus stop. But when you are down by settlement outpost or the meadow trading post, it just smells like the woods. It smells like disappointment. Trees. Honestly, Amy's not wrong. I'm I'm I don't side with Amy too much, but she's not wrong. <laughs> There was something about that place that reminded me of being back in Ohio. It was the woods, the trees, smelling the leaves. And where do you live now? Well, I know, but it it was a a nostalgic, um, you know, when you smell things and it takes you back to some good memories. There was something peaceful and and nice about that. But I don't know. There was just something about being there that I, I really liked. And I think you need to just give it a try. Not a chance. But Amy's right. It is like a vacation. Like, I don't know, like, 
you know what camp fitch is yeah but if, <laughs> it reminded me of like you know if you want to do horseback riding and all of the activities that you can do you want to at five o'clock make some candles or whatever it's a very laid back relaxed kind of uh you know a, a different way to spend your vacation at disney if like she said if you don't want to be the hardcore rope drop to park close kind of person there was this place uh for anyone that's from Northeast Ohio, Western Pennsylvania, a lot of the schools, they would, uh, you would go and slash elementary middle school to this place called Camp Fitch. And basically in so many words, it was Fort Wilderness. Yeah. You were in a cabin. You were in a cabin. You did horseback, horseback riding. Horseback riding. And- you did archery. Um, I mean, all kinds of stuff. Uh but it, this is what yeah. this was a throwback to that, yes. and it was I don't know. It's just very relaxing. Fishing, you would make either was campfires. We would make crafts. It was it was great. It's the anti Disney experience that everybody is used to. When you think of how structured and scheduled and busy, and you have to be on time for mm-hmm. this, or you're going to miss this lightning lane or this reservation. This is the exact opposite experience of that, where you can just sit back, relax, and have a nice time. I'm not saying that this is something that I want to do every time, but I like that it's the op- there's an option for it, it's because a, I would definitely do it. It's a great change of pace. Yes, for more, sure. more than I think I would, actually. But I think it's definitely a great change of pace. That's what I meant, like where I think that it introduces a different way for DVC members to vacation, because to your point, Scott, you can go horseback riding, you can rent bicycles, you can rent canoes, you know, you can go fishing. They have the um, they have basketball courts and volleyball courts. And and the thing that we noticed while we were there is that they were being used. It wasn't like when you go to these resorts and you see empty basketball courts or empty tennis courts, every, everything was being used. Like families were being out and active together. It was like a much more type of like active fun type of vacation versus like what, not that theme parks aren't fun, but it's just like a different way to vacation together as a family. And I think that it's, I think it's fun. Sorry that you don't. <laughs> Sorry that you. I'm laughing because I'm thinking that it doesn't happen at the other resorts because those are the things nobody wants to do because there are far better options at other resorts and they're being used a whole bunch here because that is the top of the pyramid. I mean, sometimes, you know, a lot of times Disney's stressful. You need to, like you said, Scott, you need to just get away and just relax and not really do much. You don't have to have a schedule, and that is the place to do that. It, it was nice to see families yes. out doing things together, and the one thing that you didn't see was anybody on their phone. And, you know, the stress of having to make that reservation and be on time for things and plan your next lightning lane or whatever, people were just out having a good time, you know, whether they were playing basketball, volleyball, riding bikes, being on the golf cart, laughing together. It was just a very nice change of pace, very relaxed feel. And it is really nice that you then have a boat to Magic Kingdom because you kind of feel like you're out in this remote area, but you get on a boat in a couple of minutes. You can be at Wilderness Lodge, you can be at Contemporary, or you can be at Magic Kingdom, and you can be right there in in all of that. But this is just a far more relaxed pace and just laid back kind of non-frenzied environment which 
I I enjoy that. And I woke up early and went down to the the beach at Fort Wilderness and sat and, you know, watched the boats there. And it was beautiful. I mean, they had all of the, the, the trees with the Spanish moss hanging off of the branches and there was a breeze and it was blowing. It was just, I, I loved it. It just felt like it was like good for my soul being there. Very peaceful, very relaxing. Even though it's not, you know, Disney in your face, it definitely gives you the feels being there. And I can't wait to stay at the new cabins. And I'm also curious to see what else they're going to do there. Because there is land for them to do more things there, to build more stuff there. They could build an, another restaurant. They could, you know, we build another question. pool. Specifically, we asked that question. Currently, right now, they're not. But we said, that, you know, if this kind of takes off and is really popular, they almost have to put something there, like another sit-down restaurant. They're at, building something. They are. They're built. I don't know if that's the part that Amy was talking about, like up front. It just looked like a huge like parking area that they're putting up there. But I don't know. I think they're going to have to do some kind of a, a restaurant, a sit-down restaurant eventually. I'm excited to see what the future holds over there. I think this is just a difference in personalities, and that's what we've got to chalk it up to. You guys have spent the entire episode extolling the virtues. And I hate it every bit as much now listening to you talk about it as I did prior to you getting started. And even though we bust each other up all the time, I respect the opinions of everybody else who's on this podcast. And very rarely do we actually disagree on things in real life. And I could not be more diametrically 180 degrees apart from you guys on this. You, I would not stay there on your points. Well, no, I, I honestly, Phil, I agree with you to a point. It's I would stay there, but I would never buy there. And that's, I think it's too much money per point. I don't think there's enough amenities. And I just, I just don't think there's enough there to make me pick that as my home resort. But I don't feel like I need to pick that as my home resort. I think it's going to be wide open. Let's hope. At seven months. I don't think it's going to be nearly as popular as what people think. I, From what I've read in other groups, other comment sections, people were actually upset about it. I mean, let's face it, Fort Wilderness, they have a following of people who go year after year after year, and they almost feel like this is an intrusion, bringing DVC into yet another resort. People, you know, they've quoted saying, you know, Disney's ruining yet another resort by bringing DVC into this. There's a lot of people upset about this, and I think just by looking at other groups and seeing the opinions of a lot of people, I don't think this is going to be nearly as popular as what they hope that it would. But it is nice to have the option. I will try it. Like we said, it's a nice change of pace just to do something different. But me personally, I would not buy there. And Amy is going to lose her mind because we have disagreed about this, and we truly do disagree about this. You will never convince me that this is not Disney's first foray into bringing a moderate resort, moderate accommodations into the DVC portfolio. Would you come visit us if you were in town while we had a cabin? I, I will bring a banjo. Yeah, you two, yes, I would come visit. Anybody else, absolutely not. And that shows you how well... What? I'm sorry, Amy, you you, you as well. Amy, that okay. shows you... Amy's like, face was okay. priceless. If it were anybody else that said, hey, we're staying at Fort Wilderness and we want you to come visit, no, you can come visit us elsewhere. Or maybe if we happen to stop by and see the horses at Tri-Circle D, we'll bump into you. 
I legitimately have no desire whatsoever to spend any measurable amount of time there past perhaps hoop-dee-doo review and maybe because we're there for that going to see the beautiful Pershings and Clydesdales that they have at the ranch. I mean, the interesting thing, though, is actually I was doing some research before this episode, and they're trying to identify the new demographic that they're going to bring in for this, and it ties into the last episode. They're actually going to run a whole commercial series on Farmer Wants a Wife, so you guys should be seeing that very shortly. Do not threaten me with a good time, sir. My new favorite show. <laughs> no, but I think, you know, if you go there, you're if you compare it to where you've been recently... And you've talked about Old Key West recently and how you now despise it. I think that you would put the cabins at Fort Wilderness above Old Key West. And it definitely would not be your resort of last resorts if you gave it a shot. We'd have to see. The jury is out. In terms of whether or not this is going to be popular, you know, they're going to be converting all of these cabins no matter what. No matter... Whether or not they sell the contracts, they're going to convert them because they probably need to convert them anyway for because they're old. And they can rent them for cash. They can sell them for cash to the same people who are getting them now. And so if they are able to sell some contracts and collect some annual dues to offset maintenance while still being able to rent out all of these cabins, which get sold out at certain times of the year— are they adding some? I don't mean to interrupt, but are they actually adding? There are, because I think that right now there's only like 260 cabins. Okay, because that's, that's what people were more upset about than anything was the fact that they have trouble even getting in there. People do this year after year, and now they said with the addition of uh, DVC members having the option to get in there now, it's going to be even 10 times harder to get a cabin. And I think Amy just touched on it. I've said this since minute one. The entire basis of this has nothing to do with the demand from DVC members. It has nothing to do with they wanted to expand their openings. Those cabins were getting old. They were getting tired. They were in need of a rebuild, and they're using DVC members and the purchase of points to fund the rebuilding and replacement of those cabins. It was a financial decision, and you just won't convince me otherwise. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong, Phil. I really don't. I mean— I think every decision Disney makes is a financial decision, especially in recent years. I mean, innovation it has taken a backseat to the bottom line, like over and over and over again in the past six to seven years. Would you guys be excited if they did start to transition other moderate resorts into DVC properties? I just don't no. think that they can because the square footage of the rooms in those moderate resorts are t is too small. This the the largest mo the largest room at a moderate resort is smaller than a studio at Bay Lake Tower. So, what about the value at Jumbo? I know those used to be cash rooms that they converted into DVC rooms, but I don't know what they had to do to to make that qualify as a DVC room. You know which ones I'm talking about, the, the values. I just feel that they're riding this horse as long as it goes, and they're going to ride it until it collapses underneath them. And I think that the continued watering down of the DVC product is going to have long-term ramifications, despite what they may foresee as some short-term benefits. 
Well, and for me, see that that's where I, you know, you and I disagree fundamentally. It's like, I don't think it's a watering down of the product. My concern is really that they just keep adding hotel rooms and they're not adding anything in the parks. There's just, they're adding more people and there's the capacity is not changing. Yeah, but based on Scott's question, he's not adding rooms. He's just converting moderate rooms over to DVC. So your capacity would remain the same. You're just selling it as a different product. Right. And I see that as a positive because then it gives DVC members more options to book other places, which would make your availability more wide open at other. What did they do to the rooms at Jumbo to make it DVC? That was my question. I didn't know what they had done at the value studios at Jumbo because they used to be cash rooms and they converted those. I don't know what the square footage was in those i don't really know what the difference it's three is. it's 316 feet square square feet at jumbo that's tiny i think Polly's like 446 yeah caribbean beach well what about a tower studio at riviera i know those are tiny but those only sleep two so i mean yeah if, but unless I'm, you're I'm just saying if they if they gave people options I would be all for it. If they just said, you know, they're going to do tower studio or not tower studios, but just tiny studios at moderate resorts, I would be all over that. Well, the the square footage of the rooms at the moderate resorts are 314 square feet. And what is it at Jumbo for the value? 316. So it's a it's a little smaller than it's a little smaller than that. You're talking two square feet. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I think they could easily convert those. They could take a section and, and convert those. But I think a lot of people would be on board with that. A lot of people would jump on board with, you know, Riverside and wherever French else. Quarter. French Quarter. But anyway, that's off topic. I'll say this. I'd stay at Riverside and French Quarter before I stayed at the campground. And even Coronado. I mean, look how many people love Coronado. I love Coronado. Probably the best located all-around property on property. And look at all the restaurants and amenities that place has. Three bridges and the pools are beautiful. Rick's. Meyer Grill. Toledo. The biggest drawback of that place is that you can only get there by bus. And also, if you are staying in a casita versus a um, the tower... It's pretty sprawling. Like you've got an internal bus loop situation going on over there. Yeah. And those casitas can be located pretty far from like a lot Key of those West amenities. Saratoga. I was just thinking Old Key West, Saratoga, Animal Kingdom, all bus only. Six and one, half dozen of the other. <laughs> it's commonly, those are commonly named as drawbacks of those resorts. Why joking refer to Animal Kingdom as a moderate with a view? I'll never agree with you on that one. No, and that's the one where I say tongue-in-cheek, actually, because I think Animal Kingdom has a lot to offer. But I, I just tend to pick on that one because of its distance. But yeah, that one is clearly tongue-in-cheek because just the restaurants, the grandeur of the lobby, there's so much more to that resort than just the bus ride. But yeah. it gave me an opening to pick on you again, so I took it. <laughs> We've never had an issue with busing at Animal Kingdom, ever. Honestly, the worst resort that I have had for busing, and it truly is one of our favorite resorts, but where we have had, beyond any measure of a doubt, the worst busing situations has been Wilderness Lodge, and I don't know why, but it has always, always been problematic for us on the bus there. And just, again, I, I touched on it before about the internal loop at 
Fort Wilderness. But that night that we all had dinner at Crockett's and half of us took a bus back and half of us took a cart back because we all couldn't fit on the golf cart. You guys arrived back to the cabin within five minutes of the time that we arrived back. So it did not take you guys a long time. It didn't. But I, I will say that I think a lot of that had to do with the bus driver not stopping at certain areas because nobody was there. We went back and we experienced that because we went from the front parking area all the way back to Pioneer Hall and it took eight minutes, but he never stopped once at any of the 10 potential bus stops. He just kept going. So now if there were people at every single one of those, yeah, it definitely would have taken longer. Well, as I was driving around, I mean, that was something also that while I saw people using all the amenities, I never saw a an internal bus stop have more than like one or two people waiting at it. And but it's funny that that you said that about the the bus driver because when I was walking around the resort and driving around the resort and and I went over to the um Tricircle D Ranch and I was walking back towards Hoopty Doo. I had to walk past the bus stop over there at the settlement outpost. And the bus driver said, where are you heading? And I said, oh, I'm just walking back to get my golf cart. And he was like, oh, darn it. He's like, I'm just bored because there was nobody there. Like there was nobody getting on the buses anywhere. And I think this guy, I think that if I had said to this guy, I'm going to Orlando International Airport, he would have been like, get on, I'll give you a ride because he was just sitting there doing nothing. Yeah. So, I mean, I... I imagine that that's probably different at different times of year, especially during the holidays. I mean, Fort Wilderness Mm -hmm. is much more crowded and busier at that time of year than probably a random Monday or Tuesday in February. I know. Definitely busy there. Um, Halloween time, Christmas time, because they, you know, everyone decorates there and everyone goes around the whole park with their golf cart looking at everyone's decorations. Yeah. And and just as a reminder to everyone, I did take video. So check out the the tour if you're just interested in being able to see everything that we were talking about and referring to. Um, you can watch it on on the YouTube video. But um, I mean, I I think that I mean, we're we're already over an hour. So does anybody have anything else that they want to say or any final words? I just can't wait until we can. We can book a cabin. Yeah, I think like any other DVC resort, this is not, you know, it just depends on what you like. It's not for everybody. I was pleasantly surprised. I think it's just a nice change of pace. It's relaxing. But like I said, in in the end, it's not enough to make me want to buy and make it my home resort. But I definitely will try it out just once in a blue moon for something different. Bill? I can't wait to not stay there. I hope that we're able to get a cabin the next time you're down. Feels like, can we just be done talking about this? It was my suggestion because everybody was clearly very talkative about the subject on the page and a lot of people chimed in and I know a lot of people are excited for it, but I have the feeling there's also a small group that is silently cheering me on here with my disdain for it. I think it's a larger group than what you might think. After what I've been reading, I think there's a lot of people that just do not see the point of this at all. I don't know. I just, I've said it before. Camping is spending money to pretend you're homeless. I work really hard for my money. I want to enjoy it on vacation. And this just does not honestly sound enjoyable to me. And that's really what it comes down to. 
different strokes for different folks. There you have it. I'm going to get a t-shirt with that. Anyway, go ahead. (laughs) Perfect. All right, guys. Well, we thank you for listening. As always, if you could just take a few minutes, go over to Apple Podcast, give us a five-star review, a little bit of kindness, some words of love. It would very much help us in our rankings. I noticed that the top 100 Disney podcasts this week actually had three podcasts that have not been on the air in almost half a decade. So I would actually like to surpass them in the rankings next year. It would be really helpful for us to outrank someone who hasn't recorded a single word since the 1990s. And please, if you do not already belong to our Facebook group, join us over there at DVC Clubhouse. Follow us on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. And until next time, we'll DVC you real soon. Bye, guys. You all come back now, you hear? (laughs) See you, guys. And so our journey comes to an end. Oh, no, please, can't we go back to page one and do it all over again? started this thing together, and that's how we finish it. Because that, my friends is where the magic lives. Happily ever